North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in-store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Welcome back to Dr. Low Radio. I am Dr. Lauren Noel. I'm your host. I'm a naturopathic doctor here in San Diego. And if you are new to the show, welcome. It's so great to have you. If you are a return listener, welcome back. So great to have you back. And um, thank you guys so much again for the continued support, especially over on the reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I've been getting more of those and it means so much to have that feedback about the show. And, um, you know, our listeners just keep climbing and climbing every week. So it's just so important to get this information out there because healthcare is changing and people are not taking, you know, certain answers anymore from doctors. We are, you know, as consumers, we're becoming a lot more intelligent and educated. And that's why having options and having information is so empowering. I'm very passionate about bringing this show to all of you because, I really believe that you're smart and you know your body's best and it's just about having more tools, having more information so you can make informed decisions about your own health. So I, you know, from a naturopathic medicine perspective, doctor means teacher. It's not about me being on a pedestal and prescribing a medication for you and you take it or else. It's about me educating you about your body, you understanding things and having that co-supportive relationship that we're partners in your health. That's the way I work with my patients. And um, even if you're not working with me as a patient, it's important you know, to me that you understand your body and that you're empowered. A little bit of, with my story, I got into this form of medicine because I felt like a victim to medicine. I remember years ago going to doctors and having a face covered in acne. I was a lot more over, I was about 30 pounds heavier than I am now and just tired, depressed. I was cold all the time. And I just was feeling like I'm not healthy and I didn't understand what was going on. I felt like I was eating all the right stuff and just didn't really get answers. And it wasn't until I I came across naturopathic medicine and started to really understand my body. And I wasn't given a seven minute visit from a doctor. I was, I got to spend an hour with a doctor and to really, um, get to the root of the problem. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this medicine. And so that's what I try to bring to you guys on this podcast is understanding more about all this and bringing you experts, sharing a bit of my story, some of my insights, and it's only going to keep getting better and better. So again, you guys, thank you so much for the support. I promise I'll keep bringing you really great content and this show tonight included. So I'm very excited to bring my guest on the show. So with all that said, let's get started. 
forgot to mention, if you are interested in looking under the hood, getting to the root of things for yourself, we have a whole team of doctors um, at my practice, shinenaturalmedicine.com. You can learn more about that over there. So definitely check us out. And also for any of the previous shows, if you want to catch up on all of those, those are all listed on that website as well. So shinenaturalmedicine.com. All right, let's jump into the show. All right, we have our guest on the show tonight. We have Amanda Morgan. Amanda Morgan is a rebel nutritionist, and she is not afraid to speak her mind about today's most controversial nutrition topics. And she's been praised by blogs such as Mind Body Green, The Daily Meal, and She Knows Media for her unique spin on healthy living. She's the creator of the Food or Fiction program, a six-week group coaching program designed to help women learn the truth about their favorite foods and start eating healthy on their own terms. Amanda believes that health has nothing to do with diets, and instead she places emphasis Emphasis on happiness, fulfillment, and fun. And in her spare time, you can find her working on her new line of vegan protein bars and enjoying a glass or two of rose while traveling the world with her hubby, Ryan. And Amanda, so great to have you on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and so grateful to you for having me. Of course. It's so good to have you. I know it's we've we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the years and you're way over on the East Coast now in Connecticut. And um, are you probably seeing things change over there? Maybe some orange leaves and some fall, right? Oh, yeah. Especially in the past week with the cool nights, things are changing. And and I was actually telling a friend, I love that time of year where you can kind of hear the leaves crinkle under the tires as you drive because it's just, it's it's so beautiful. Crisp mornings. I love this time of year. Love it. I love fall fashion. I love fall food. It's such a fun time. Oh Everything gosh. about it. There's Every, nothing bring prettier on the than that area. I feel like where you live is the prettiest place to have fall. <laughs> it is. You know, my husband and I were saying that it can get a little tricky in the winter when you're freezing, but yes. <laughs> you start to, you really appreciate it during this time of year because there's just really no place like it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But when the winter comes, you can just come visit and hang out in San Diego. Oh, sure. girl, I'll be yeah. out in San Diego. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love the, you know, the focus that you've had a lot with, with your career and, and just focusing on really loving food and not seeing food as the enemy and, and having an empowering way of looking at food for women. And it's just such an area of, I think, pain for a lot of women and confusion. And so I'm really excited for this topic to dive into tonight and want to get a little more of kind of a background of how you got into this world. I mean, How did you become a a rebel nutritionist? Did you have your own journey leading up to this area for you? Yeah. You know, I think all of us do end up in this field and do this work because, you know, maybe something went awry earlier in life and Mm -hmm. we kind of went through our own journeys to get here. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I get asked this question a lot and it's almost like there were so many signs pointing to me doing this work that it was inevitable. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you feel that too. Um, But my story kind of started um, back in college. I had always been interested in, you know, health and nutrition growing up. My, my father was like, you know, no Dunkaroos in the house. Like we don't buy any of those unhealthy cereals. So I was forgot about raised. those. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like they were amazing. Right. So, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, I, I was kind of raised to understand that, you know, food did have, um, 
power and eating well would help you feel well. So that mindset was there for me from just such a young age. And although I didn't appreciate it at the time, once I started, you know, learning more about myself and my body in my late teens, early twenties, I kind of realized that I was brought up in a way that, you know, to appreciate all of that. Um, so, you know, it, it really begins, I was studying abroad in Australia. I don't know if you've ever been out there. Have you been there? I have, yeah. I actually went for about five weeks in January. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So you, so you get it. So, you know, this was 10 or so years ago and, um, in college, I mean, gosh, I survived on like Subway sandwiches and like Quiznos sandwiches and pizza and all those foods that, you know, we do love, but are not the healthiest. Um, (laughs) and when I went to Australia, you know, it was just so interesting because that lifestyle didn't really exist. There wasn't this fast food lifestyle. You came home, you cooked your dinner, everything was around family and friends. And to be in that way of life at 19 years old was just such a change of pace for me, right? So um, it was it was just so amazing, and I started to just feel better and see how things changed with with really little effort. You know, I was walking a lot, as I'm sure you know. You can pretty much just walk everywhere. I was in Sydney, so it was it was wonderful to have access to all of the amazing food and the farmers markets and these things that we're all you know aware of now. But back then, in the states, they weren't. You know, we'll call them like um, uh, everyday language. Um, so out there, I really was a time where I really developed that relationship with food and, and starting to become more aware of my body. And it continued when I came back, but what was interesting was that I started to realize that, you know, the food systems were so different. And, um, you know, in order to eat what I thought was healthy here, I was eating foods that were totally different than I was eating out in Australia. So I kind of developed this like healthy junk food diet is what I would call it. Right. So out in Australia, there's fresh fish, there's fresh vegetables. Um, everything's just kind of abundant and easy and, you know, free. Right. And then I came home and I'm like, Hmm, what does healthy mean here? So I kind of started eating more vegetarian, um, because we were told, you know, red meat, don't eat red meat because it's not, you know, good for you. Watch out for fats. I mean, you know, this whole story, right? This, Mm -hmm. this all evolved in the nineties and, and I was just kind of picking up on it at that time. So I kind of followed that way of eating, um, because it was, you know, uh, given to us by the media and magazines and pretty much everywhere. And as time went on, I just started feeling more and more terrible, to be honest with you, because like I said, I was eating this more like health food, um, that I thought was healthy, but it was more junk food diet. So I realized that, you know, I'm listening to all this advice and I'm taking what I read as, and treating it as law, but, I ended up feeling worse than before I started. So, so there's gotta be some sort of missing gap here. Um, and you know, I started getting more involved and ended up going back to school to study nutrition. And at that point I was like, you know what? It's almost like we're being lied to here. Like what's going on where I think I'm eating healthy and I'm following everyone's advice, but yet I feel terrible. Like I'm tired all the time, fatigued, like, you know, my digestion is off. There's gotta be, there's a gap, right? So, um, when I started practicing, I took this into consideration and, and, you know, started just coaching my clients around the food industry and, um, 
talking about food in a way that was a little bit different than, than others were. I decided that I didn't want to sell out, right? So I wasn't preaching a certain diet. I didn't kind of jump on a bandwagon. Um, and I was kind of standing up to what others were preaching as ideal diets because as someone who experimented, like I mentioned with this more (laughs) junk food, vegetarian diet, um, and many other ways of eating, like literally all of them, I realized that we're setting ourselves up for failure. Um, and when we do this, you know, we're not allowing space for individualism. So this, this kind of like rebel term came about because, I started talking about, you know, don't listen to all the advice out there, like learn to listen to yourself. And it's a much harder, uh, thing to teach because Mm -hmm. we're not taught to do that. Um, and we, we really should be focusing on that because that's, what's going to save us all. right? Right. Yeah, it's true. And when it comes to diet, it's like, we're, it's like, we're trained to look outside of ourselves for the next guru or the next diet that is the perfect fit for the human body and what we're supposed to be eating. And, Uh, And this changes over time as we get different pieces of information from the media or whatever. I mean, most, even most doctors, their information that they have in terms of nutrition oftentimes comes from the media. They don't get it in school. So Mm -hmm. it's like this, it's just this huge, you know, miseducation. And I have a a definitely a similar story. I mean, I remember back in the nineties of just doing as low fat as possible, you know, eating the snack wells and the lean cuisines and Mm -hmm. everything as low fat as, as I could, could get the skim milk you know, the milk that's kind of blue color, right? It's like yep, so yep. <laughs> low in fat, it's literally see-through. And and then going through a period of time of being vegan and vegetarian and macrobiotic and, uh, you know, raw food for a period of time. And, uh, and, and all of it, I think, was part of my journey because I studied a ton and I learned a lot, but I was as I was very unhealthy back then. I mean, I remember being a vegetarian and I was, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't think that a vegetarian diet is necessarily bad for every person. I think that everyone is different, you know, mm-hmm. do I think it works best for most people? No, but I think I've met some that, that do great. So I think that it just comes down to that individual, like you're saying. And the looking back, I was eating a very plant-based diet, but I was missing very key nutrients. And I was getting a period like probably every two or three months and had a face covered in acne and I was depressed and, you know, it just didn't work for my body, even though I was so dogmatic and adhering to a label. And I just identified myself as being a vegetarian and I just, you know, anything that was separate from that was just wrong. And I was really judgmental about it. And I just look back and it's just, it, it, it makes me laugh, you know, that that was my mindset back then. And so, and you're not alone, right? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's kind of, um, where the rebel name comes from too, is because, you know, it's important to challenge ourselves and, and challenge each other that even though we may believe something, right. We like, I believe in the principles behind a vegan and a vegetarian diet, but, and I tried them, you know, and, and they didn't work for me. So, so, it's a, there's a difference between the educated and the uneducated vegan or vegetarian. And I would say I was definitely one of the uneducated ones because like you said, you know, it's easy to just listen to the media and try to understand what you're doing. But like, sometimes that's just not going to work out. So like, if I think back to what I was eating, it makes perfect sense that I felt the way I did. Um, there were just, you know, fake foods, like, uh, cereals with soy milk, um, baked potato chips, like think thin bars or click 
Cliff Bars, egg white omelets. Like there was yeah. just, there was such a lack of protein and a lack of healthy fats in my diet that it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So where why why is it though that that there's so much of this desire for for that you know diet label versus just getting to know your body and and eating a way that that works for your body so why is there this misguided desire for us I think that unfortunately nowadays it's almost human nature to lean on what everyone else is saying instead of, like you said, kind of tuning in and Mm -hmm. seeking our own answers. It's almost like we want to be told what to do because that's easier, right? It's, it takes work to figure out what works for you. Um, and it's easier for us to just listen to someone that might have a good reputation. Um, so unfortunately that's just kind of the way that it is nowadays. And, and it doesn't help that everyone from, you know, your mother to your best friend to like your life coach wants to talk to you about their diet. So we're, we're always getting advice and a lot of it is conflicting. And, you know, I actually wrote, um, a, 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 an article for mind body green, and it ended up being one of their most popular and controversial last year. And, and something that I mentioned, in it. Um, it was, I think called something like five signs. Your, your healthy diet isn't as healthy as you think. And something that I mentioned in it is that people are, we're treating diet like religion. And I think that's where we're really getting lost because, you know, you can believe certain things, but you know, a, that doesn't mean we have to bash one another for our choices and b like choices are going to change over time. Like you and I know that we've tried certain things and, and they haven't worked and you have to flip the script sometimes and, you know, start eating meat or take meat out depending on who you are and, you know, what maybe your blood type is and what your activity, le- like everything that goes into choosing a diet, um, it changes with right. time. Right. So, you know, and again, like we're not always at fault for believing certain things, we're told who and what to believe. So it makes it a little bit harder. Um, and just like, you know, I learned the hard way and maybe you did too, but not many people, even if it's like your favorite celebrity or like a weight loss company, these guys don't always have your best interests at heart. So it's challenging because we almost have to learn to question what we're told, right? Because not everyone is going to have the answer that is going to work for us. Um, so these fad diets might come out and we might, you know, think that they work or want to jump on board, but maybe they aren't going to work best for our bodies. Right. Um, and I would say that nowadays, I don't know if you agree with this, but from what I see, you know, even with family and friends to clients, I feel like women are more out of touch with their bodies than ever before, which is why this whole diet thing is so confusing. Mm. And I think that, it, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? We have more information available to us on food and nutrition than ever. I mean, someone that knew nothing about food can be pretty well educated nowadays, but this other side of that is that now it's just so conflicting that we can't make our own choices because we're so worried that we're quote unquote doing something wrong or, you know, we're not, uh, doing something that maybe society would accept. <laughs> so right. it, it makes it challenging. And there's so many different camps nowadays. And, and I know, you know, this well from being in this world, but there is like the vegan, the paleo, the Mediterranean, the Atkins, the fast metabolism 
metabolism diet. I mean, there's so many different ones and, and I'm not knocking any of them by any means. I think, like you said, that, you know, it, people can thrive on so many of those different diets, but at some point we have to wake up and realize who's in charge and who's in control. And I think that that should be the most empowering part about food is that you have the ability to make your own decisions and figure, you know, your own stuff out. Right. Um, but it's hard. I mean, the struggle I see is women trying to be a certain way, especially in the yoga community with vegan and vegetarian, and it's simply not working and them feeling super fatigued and, um, trying so hard to make it work. And, you know, that goes both ways, but that side is typically what I see, um, more often than not. I mean, I don't know about you. Have you seen this in your practice a lot? Absolutely. I mean, I, I I've seen it many times where take the example of, of a woman who's anemic, and mm-hmm. we do blood work and, and see that she's very, very low in iron. And maybe she's been a, a vegetarian for 20 years. And it's, it's, it's been many times, you know, I would say probably a handful of times where I'll say, Hey, I, I really do think that the foods you're eating are not the best fit for your body, you know? And, but there's this, this feeling of they have to adhere to this diet because they've, they've decided they've created this label for them that no, they are a vegetarian period. And, you know, I'll work with them and try to see ways that we can supplement. But I mean, here's the thing. If if it's an ethical perspective and that's their choice, I respect that. But if it's Mm -hmm. coming from a health perspective, if this is the kind of diet that's, that, that is best for my body, that's where my expertise can come in to say, this is what I'm seeing. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's unfortunate, you know, when some patients are just so close minded to it and they're not open to changing when, when they're doing it for a health reason. Um, now I have had patients where they're open to trying it. Um, and they, you know, they start to tune in to foods and see how they make them feel. And, and, and for some of them in the beginning, it makes them feel worse at first because their digestive tract isn't used to, you know, secreting a certain amount of stomach acid or different types of enzymes to break down the foods. But Mm -hmm. they, you know, as they're open-minded and trying it, it's, it oftentimes completely changes the way that their body feels. And it's like, oh my gosh, their hormones regulate, and, you know, cause they're finally getting the nutrition that they need. Um, but, and I, and I really think that a big reason why there is this desire to, to have a label for your diet is that let's be honest, we're all moving so fast, you know, mm-hmm. there's just this fast, fast pace of life. And we just want to have a, a, an answer so we can just keep it moving. But I think a big part of getting the answer to this is slowing the hell down, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I love the analogy of if you have a glass of water with some dirt at the bottom, you know, and if you shake that glass around and move it around all the time, it's going to be murky. You're not going to be able to see through it. But once you just stop, just let it be still, it's going to settle down to the bottom. Things get clear. And that's such mm-hmm. an analogy for so many different areas of life to just stop, slow down, just, just really think about it and what's, what's true for you. And how do you feel with certain foods, you know, um, and listen to your body. And and I think it's, it's really, it's apparent in, in, like I said, a lot of different areas, but especially when it comes to how we can feed and nurture ourselves. I completely agree. And it's funny. I was having the same conversation yesterday with a, a girlfriend of mine who's also pretty prominent in the health space. She works a lot with hormones and, you know, we were talking about, um, testing because I had just gotten tested and, and my vitamin D ferritin and B12 were all low. So, you know, someone who 
has energy but feels low energy, you know, I'm feeling that way quite frequently lately. So it, it even goes to show that someone, you know, I, I know how to take care of myself, right? But even I'm not doing it because I'm rush, rush, rush right. and a little stressed. And we're all kind of, even people that, you know, are in this field and quote unquote know better, we're the, still the ones running around and rushing around. Um, and you're right. I think it's just so important to, to find, um, peace of mind, whatever that, that is for you. That's going to look different for everyone. I mean, I made my husband go to yoga with me yesterday. So <laughs> I was like, you know, we have to practice what we preach. And it's just so important to take a minute to yourself because that stress really just feeds into everything else and can cause so many different problems and domino effects in within the body. And as you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the most important pieces of everything, right? Is just slowing down and taking more time to take care of yourself, whether that means getting in the kitchen more, um, which I'm sure we all could do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's a great conversation to have. One of the things I've been doing is, is a food delivery where I'm getting its local company in San Diego, Savory Made Simple. Shout out to Savory Made Simple. I think they're delivering outside of California. So you Amazing. guys can check them out. I have a discount code, Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O at checkout. You can get, I think it's um, 25 bucks off your order and it's amazing. This is food that I've, I've been doing this for probably five months now. I have um, three meals sent to me a week. It's two servings each. So I'll make it for dinner and then I'll have it for lunch the next day. And it has been a game changer for me because I've always loved to cook, but let's be real. I'm a busy girl. I run a clinic. I have staff. I I see patients. I do the podcast. There's a lot going on. So the reality of me going at the end of a work day and getting my groceries, you know, from Whole Foods or wherever, and then coming home and cooking, I would be, I wouldn't eat until nine or nine or 10 o'clock at night. Right. So I've been doing this meal delivery and Um, They send me the ingredients and I've just been cooking and loving being in the kitchen. And I I have a big old stack of recipes now. I I think I've made probably 60, 70 different dishes. So much fun. Yeah. For any of you guys who are on Snapchat, follow me over at healthy low, healthy LO one word on Snapchat. And I oftentimes will share some of the meals that I'm making, but it has been such a game changer for me to connect more with my food and, and just it's, it's healing, you know, I mean, and it's, it's helped, it's continued to help me reframe the way that I see food is that this is all, I mean, I've, I've seen it like this for, for years, but I can get off track too, right? Even me as a practicing doctor, I can get into routines where I am eating out at restaurants and I'm not really thinking of where my food's coming from. And, And so it's, we all have to have those reminders and those, you know, habits to keep it in place. So that's, what's worked really well for me. I know there's other ones like blue apron and there's, you know, Pete's paleo, if you just want food delivered to you, that's already made, but there's really no excuse anymore. There's always a way to have healthy food. It's just getting creative and finding a way to make it fit in your life. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, like I said, it it takes work, right? It it does take work to, to figure it out. Not only, you know, the foods that work for your body, but where you're going to find it. You know, that's sometimes the biggest struggle that I hear from my clients. And, and a lot of times I'll even go online because, you know, I do virtual coaching. So I'll go online. I'll look up their town. I'll find places for them to go, whether it's, you know, somewhere to go to for lunch, like you said, a meal delivery service, um, you know, a, a spot that's like a grab and go so that they can pick healthy food up for their family. So, you know, it does, it does take some time and 
I think that we've just gotten so far away from wanting to spend time doing, doing the things that take the work like cooking. Um, it's unfortunate. And I, I mean, I'm sure you know this too, but like, uh, Americans spend, I think it's, I want to say 6%, which is the lowest percentage of their income on food, Whoa. um, to cook at home. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, we are not wanting to, I mean, like statistically, right. We are not wanting to cook and come home and, and do the whole thing. We're eating out, we're on the go all the time. So it's, it's almost like we have to take a step back and say, you know, I think we got to shift our priorities a little bit, right? Because oh if we, <laughs> I was just thinking how I feel like I spend like half my money on food that I cook. <laughs> Right. And that's the difference is, is, I mean, I can't even tell you regardless of how much money I've made in my life and and within this career in the past 10 years. I mean, even when it was peanuts, I was going to Whole Foods and spending the money because that was what was important to me. Right. And, and doing that and taking care of that part of myself and my life, um, helped me to thrive in other areas. And I think we stopped thinking like that, you know, food hasn't become, is no longer this piece of like important, um, importance within our life. It's, you know, something that's just, we have to do, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of, it, it because we've shifted that way and it's become something that we almost have to check off our lists. We're not placing importance on it anymore. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, we're not feeling good. I mean, right. Let's be honest. Like as a country, we, we don't feel so good. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, we have to kind of go back to what our grandparents were doing and, and our relatives and maybe think back back to, um, that time and, and spend a little bit more time in the kitchen and, and therefore with our families. Right. So everything works together. We just have to make the time to do it. So let me ask you when you're working with clients, how is it that you're doing this process with them? So let's say they come to you and they have all kinds of views about diets and maybe they've been, you know, yo-yo dieting or counting calories and they're fat phobic or, or whatever, you know, they're having a hard time dropping the pounds and it's just been a real struggle for them. So how do you help them to, you know, to get to where they want to go? That's a great question. It's, you know, it's so individualistic, right? Because we all have this past with food. I mean, I can't say that I haven't met one woman that hasn't experienced dysfunction in her relationship to food. And I'm sure that you feel the same way with, uh, with your clients or friends. Um, but it's really about creating that healthy relationship where, and this is what I like to say, where it almost feels second nature. You know what I mean? So instead of having to constantly think about it, constantly worry about it, um, worrying about calories, worrying about what you're going to have for lunch, worrying about what you're going to cook, you know, they're, is a lifestyle that does exist where that part doesn't exist. So you're not constantly thinking about things 24 seven. That's the peace and the ease that I want to create in my, my uh, client's relationship to food. And it, it, it's different for every person. An exercise that, um, I have them do, you know, of course we talk about getting rid of the scale and not worrying about the weight because all of that, you know, almost should be like icing on the cake. You know, it's more about your relationship to food and, um, and the positive mindset around it rather than the results you think you're going to see, because we've come so attached to that. It's really hard to see the other side. So, you know, my work is, is difficult because we're trained to do (laughs) all of these things and worry about the weight and worry about the gene size. Um, but I encourage my clients to kind of take a step back from that. 
and see, you know, what, what else is more important to them in life so that all of this can kind of become easy. Um, so I have them do, you know, an exercise where we use a food journal and it's not to track calories. It has nothing to do with that. Um, but I, I have them write down, you know, their hunger level, what it is they ate, But the most important piece is I have them write down how they feel. We've become so, and like I said, so out of touch with, you know, how we feel in our bodies after we eat a certain food, um, that it's hard to make any sort of correlation or connection. Um, so, you know, whether they're dealing with like binge eating, whether they're just trying to figure out why, you know, they drink coffee and they feel terrible a couple hours later, like whatever it is, um, doing something like this where they can associate feeling with their food is, is usually the biggest game changer. Um, and it works for every situation, right? So the person that, you know, maybe is that vegan vegetarian and they're eating during the day, but then around like the afternoon, they start to feel super low energy. Well, let's look at what you ate during the day before. Um, there's so many, you know, circumstances obviously, but that's just one example, but that's really what changes everything is when you're able to sit down, enjoy your meal and assess how your body's reacting, you know, your digestion, your energy, everything that has to do with how you're feeling throughout the day. That is the biggest thing in my work. And it, and I'm not kidding you. It takes time to get to that point <laughs> where you're like, okay, you know, I ate this, that didn't make me feel so good. So, you know, maybe I'm not going to have that again, or right. I ate this and I felt great afterwards. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to keep on eating this. It, it takes time to get there and we can call it intuitive eating. I think it's a little bit deeper than that. And that word kind of gets thrown out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it is a big part of it. And then there's obviously like the mindset work, right? So are you telling yourself that you can't have certain foods? Do you have a nice and a naughty list? So there, there's that whole piece of the puzzle too, because I think that, um, embracing a more freedom based relationship around food is important. So, you know, I mean, this weekend, I can't even tell you, I had such a big week last week. My husband and I um, bought a house. We closed on it on Thursday. Yay. Yay. It was not an easy closing. And then, you know, I, I had a big work day on Friday was filming some videos. So, this weekend was kind of one of those weekends where I just wanted, you know, a nice little pumpkin ale and maybe some pizza. (laughs) (laughs) You know, back then when I was going through my own journey, I I would have judged that and maybe felt guilty. But this, at this point in my life, I'm able to just say to myself, you know, my body just really wants to let loose and enjoy a delicious pizza. We have this amazing, you know, rustic pizza place in my town. So on Friday night, when all was said and done after this week, I sat down and I enjoyed every single sip and every single bite. And that's really what I'm teaching, you know, my clients to do is, yeah, there's got to be space for that. And there has to be, you know, space to just let yourself feel free because that's what it's all about. Right. Yes. I love the tuning into how your body is feeling with certain foods. I've, I've had patients say, you know, I've been paleo for years and I, and my digestion maybe hasn't been great. And then I had some rice or maybe some quinoa and I had an awesome bowel movement. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well maybe Mm -hmm. some grains do okay for your body. Um, so I, I love that. I think it's, uh, it's, it's great to tune into that. And what about for patients who I can think of, you know, people in my practice who maybe they do have very specific food sensitivities and it's easy to get pulled into that mindset of, Oh my gosh, I can't eat anything or I'm a victim. I, 
you know, food is the enemy, right? And they start to see foods in this type of way. So what advice would you have for, for people who are dealing with some of those kinds of issues? You know, Lauren, this is just such a, it's a hard space because I just, I think our food system is difficult, right? I mean, you know, like something like gluten is much more damaging to the body. I'm leaving for Paris with my mother in a couple days and like the gluten out there, I can eat and I feel okay, right? But here, not so much. Um, so it's hard because someone that maybe, you know, doesn't have celiac, but is maybe sensitive to gluten. Yeah. Anyone can feel like they can't eat gluten here, but then they can travel and have it. Right. So it's hard because our food system makes it a a lot more difficult for someone that is going through that and experiencing, um, sensitivities to food. But I think that, you know, positivity goes a long way and there are so many options, but again, like someone in that circumstance is going to have to do a little bit more work at home and when they go out to eat. Um, and I think just learning to ask questions, like not being afraid when you're at a restaurant to, you know, ask the waiter, most restaurants are, are so accommodating nowadays, um, to ask the waiter, you know, whether it's dairy, gluten, whatever it is that you have an issue with, if that's in the food, um, and just being open to, you know, trying new things. If there are a bunch of foods that you can't have, there has to be things that you can have. So it's just about being open to experimentation, learning to have fun with it, getting in your kitchen, making that process fun. I mean, I always tell my clients, um, I had a client that was diagnosed with celiac in, in her forties. And I mean, God, she'd been eating gluten for years and years and not realizing what was going on. Um, so she was like, you know, this is really daunting because I'm, I have a a regimen around food, right. And cooking and for my family and pasta and this and that. And I told her, you know, it's kind of about making the process fun again. So what can you do in your kitchen? Maybe you're, you know, pouring yourself a nice glass of wine and like turning on some music and having fun, making this an enjoyable process and not one that should be feared and not one that you dread. Because if that's your mindset, you're going to hate food and you're going to hate cooking and you're going to hate that whole process. So what can you do as an individual to make it, um, an enjoyable process? Yes. I think mindset is really key with that. It's it's your choice to have a mindset of look at all the foods I'm eating that are healing my body Mm -hmm. and how amazing I had this information to empower myself and to, you know, get to the root cause of some of my symptoms and, and seeing it from that perspective versus a state of deprivation that, I can't have all this and this and that. Woe is me. I'm a victim, right? That victim Mm -hmm. mentality is always a choice. It's always the choice to be empowered versus to be a victim. And I think you mentioned that, you know, going to a restaurant, uh, and, and ordering from the waitress. And I, I've thought of times where back in the day I would get upset with the waitress, you know, and, oh, she should know this or that. And, but it's like having that space of, she doesn't know, right. It's just, it's being patient. It's educating that person. Um, you know, you definitely can have that attitude of, Hey, this is the kind of food I need. You know, I need you to ask the chef. You can do that in a kind way while also, you know, taking care of your body, but it's really a decision of how to handle those situations. And, and also too, um, you spoke on, 
you know, like the shame aspect too. I've, I've heard patients in my office oftentimes say, you know, I, I was bad this week or I've been eating bad or I've been eating bad foods or I'm bad or, you know, I've been really bad. Like that mm-hmm. is just so not going to be something that serves any of us to have that attitude. It's like, I let them know, Hey, there's no bad foods. There really are no bad foods. I mean, even something that is processed and has tons of high fructose corn syrup, it's not that, is it really that it's bad? Is it like morally bad? Or is it that it just isn't something that's going to support your health? So it's like taking the emotion out of it or the morality out of it and looking at it as, okay, this is a a food that promotes my health. And this is a food that takes away from my health. And it, that, I mean, immediately it takes the, the shame out of the picture. And that's the difference, right? It's, it's knowing it's, it's, it's being able to make that correlation of like how the food's going to make you feel and being okay with the fact that maybe that food isn't going to make you feel that great, but like, you know, it ahead of time, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you want, you know, a pizza or ice cream or whatever it is that maybe typically you don't feel so great after eating it, like that's cool because we all love those foods. I mean, we got ice cream on Saturday night after a a delicious dinner. Um, but I know that like, you know, probably not going to feel that great after I have it, but I love it and I enjoy it. So it's okay, you know, and, and being able to say that to yourself is really the difference because the next day I'm not going to be saying, Oh, I wish I didn't have that. Oh, that food was bad. Why did I do that? You take that with you for days. Right. I, yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's the big difference. Yeah. And that's, that's the choice of, you know, I, I think that every meal that we have is an opportunity to nourish our bodies and also to love ourselves. And if you're doing something as a treat, that's in the space of loving yourself. But like you said, knowing how something's going to make you feel, that's, that's the important piece of just having that self-awareness. Right. Yeah. Both sides are important. And I think, um, I think once we allow for more of that freedom, you know, all of that headspace that's now clogged with all of these negative thoughts will be open and we'll be able to, you know, embrace more of the, you know, it's cool mindset. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on was to share about one of the programs you have coming. I'm really excited about, and I think it's something that my listeners would really love to hear about. So tell me a little bit more about what you've created to help women with their own food freedom and, and getting, getting through these, these issues we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to share this with you and your listeners. So, uh, I created a a three part video series called food or fiction, and it's pretty much all about what we discussed today. Um, I go into my own story, you know, a little bit in more depth and why I'm a perfect example of someone who kind of bought into the diet hype, like I mentioned, only to end up suffering the consequences in my own body. And you and I both spoke about, um, that story. And, and there's, I know so many people out there who have gone through something similar. Uh, and I also talk about more the behind the scenes of the diet industry and give a few steps anyone can really take to kind of tune out the noise of the industry, um, and, and things that we hear that might be doing more harm than good and, you know, take out the little nuggets that might work for us, but also tune out what doesn't. So we're able to discern the difference, which I think is so important. Um, and most importantly, I'm going to dive into how to live a non-diet approach to life, uh, so that, you know, your relationship to food and your body becomes something that feels kind of like we talked about so natural and like second nature, which is really what we're all 
craving, um, you know, to not have to question our decisions around food constantly or feel guilty for making what we thinks are, think are mistakes uh, around our choices. I'm getting excited just talking about it. There's so much to share, but, you know, I'll save it for the video series and I hope uh, everyone can join us. So where can our listeners go to join you in that? Um, I will give you a link and we can, you know, post it wherever you'd like underneath the, the interview. Um, it's foodorfictionprogram.com. Awesome guys. So you can go over to the show notes, um, and we'll share the link on that and you guys can be in the loop of what Amanda is doing with her program. And I'm excited. I think it's, uh, such a huge area that we can have healing in and enjoy food, enjoy our bodies, enjoy our health and not be so confused and be so, um, just in a state of, of, uh, you know, disempowerment. So I love that you've created this. I think it's amazing and so needed. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah. I know I'm, I'm excited too. You know, I just, I want to make this all fun again. I've, I think we've gotten so far away from, from what, the intention of food is, it's become so serious, you know, and I think that life is complicated enough. And I really believe, um, that food can be something that is simple and that our relationship to food can be something that feels simple and natural. And, you know, that's my goal is to make this process fun again. And I, and I hope to achieve that. So yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Amanda. I love what you're doing and have an awesome time in France and we'll talk real thank soon. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome as always with you. It's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. This is your wallet. I've got my hands full with your credit card's ID and that Froyo loyalty card. So I was thrilled to learn about the new digital wallet in the Giant Eagle app. It'll let you store, manage, and spend all your gift cards right from your phone. E-gift cards you buy from Giant Eagle and Getco will load automatically. And you can even transfer plastic gift cards there, too. Download the Giant Eagle app and start using the digital wallet today. Visit GiantEagle.com backslash wallet for details.